Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Welcome to the Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 233. I'm your host, Steve Burnham, and this episode we have our uh, Tax and Super Australia's Tax Council. John Jeffries is once more a guest on ABC Radio Adelaide, and he's talking about uh, superannuation guarantees not being paid by employers and the consequences of that. Today we're going to start off with unpaid super because we had several texters who said, look, Either I know an organisation, uh, I work for an organisation that hasn't been paying super for X amount of time, uh, but what can be done about it? Where do you go? What do you do about that? Uh, also, we know that here in South Australia, a, a major steel company has gone under uh, and one of their big debts is that they had not been paying super for a large amount of time. So again, how is that possible? Um, Andrew Gardner is spokesperson of the National Tax and Accountants Association. Hello to you, Andrew. Good afternoon. And we'll also welcome to the program John Jeffrey, Tax Counsel for Tax and Super Australia. Hello, John. Hi, Sonia. Uh, please, either of you, jump in when I'm asking a question because I'm not sure sometimes when the best, uh, which of you is the best one to answer some of these questions. But if I can start with you, Andrew, in the, in the first instance, uh, unpaid super... Is there an obvious place that you can go to be challenging that? Look, at the end of the day, um, the ATO systems at the, are far more sophisticated than they have been previously. And what they can do is they can look at information, say, on an income tax return, and then look for the fact that the employer relative to a salary figure um, should be providing a certain level of superannuation support. If an employee believes that that support has not been provided, then one avenue available to them naturally would be, of course, for them to, to speak to the, the tax office. I think the better approach would be initially to speak to their employer to identify whether an issue does exist and, and ideally deal with it directly with the employer. But in a, an extreme situation, certainly contacting the ATO is an avenue available. Mm. John Jeffrey, uh, the ATO implemented a new system of reporting by employers uh, at the beginning of this financial year. I, is it um, far enough down the track for that to be having an impact on detecting businesses who aren't paying super as required? Oh, yes, the, the, the system, yeah, sorry, sorry, go Go, John. That's all right. Um, yes, so the system is called Single Touch Payroll, and yes, it's operational, and in theory, every employer is supposed to be on that now. However, that's the theory. Uh, maybe a number of smaller employers have not yet got themselves onto that system, but that system gives the tax office um, a 2020 vision of what's going on with payroll and superannuation. Um, I think, Sonia, what I would say to employees is, number one, make sure you pay attention to your super. Don't let it be something that just sits in the background. Uh, but if you think that there is a problem, ask your employer what's going on. But sometimes will employers will say, oh, you're not entitled to it. But don't take that as the answer. Uh, check it out. Uh, you check it out with a tax office. Um, 
check it out with other, you know, your accountant or something like that, uh, because unpaid superannuation uh, is a scourge on the employees of uh, this country, and it certainly is still going on to mm. a great extent. Uh, Andrew Gardner from the National Tax and Accountants Association. Uh, when we talk about super, I, I think employees perhaps don't always know exactly what the requirements are. How often are employers expected to top up your super uh, with the employer guarantee? Yeah, within 28 days of the end of the quarter, which the, they've been, or been receiving salary. So it means that obviously, and, and I think the point that's been raised well is that it means that your superannuation statements are a good source of information because you, you'll be able to examine and make sure that at least on a quarterly basis these contributions are going in or by the 28th day of the end of the quarter and that allows you to at least have a, a direct ability to identify has my employer been been paying the right amount have they been providing my support mm. And, John Jeffrey, when it comes to uh, if you are paying attention and you see that perhaps this is not being done every quarter as required by law, what avenues are there for you to, to, to challenge that? Because we know that a lot of employees don't want to raise concerns because they're not just worried about their super, sure they are, but they don't want to lose their job because they're being seen to be complaining and being a nuisance. The best way is if you if you don't want to raise it with your employer is to contact the tax office, and the tax office is basically flooded with these sorts of uh, inquiries now. It wasn't so long ago that the tax office was saying they can't keep up with these sorts of inquiries from employees, and the tax office will check it out. They will they will uh, go to those employers uh, and work it out. And just one other thing, if I could just add for the employers is that if you are even one day late paying your superannuation, you are supposed to lodge a form with the tax office telling them that that is the case. It's called a superannuation guarantee return, and that's really the trigger for making sure um, you eventually pay properly. But that's often not appreciated by many people, is that even if you're one day late, uh, you still have to lodge this return. What, what role do super funds have all, in all of this, John? Because uh, just from personal experience doing this, uh, often on a monthly basis they require you to be putting those amounts in and within, within days of the end of the month or the last pay of the month. Yes. Look, technically the super funds uh, don't really have to pursue you, but they will, um, many funds do. If they don't see the contributions coming in, you'll get a please explain from the super fund. Uh, now, if you can't explain it, maybe the super fund will refer that matter themselves to the tax office and say, hey, this employer is not paying up on time. Yeah. Andrew Gardner, um, I've got a caller who rang in, Michael, who says, why don't businesses or business owners face criminal prosecution for non-payment of super? Because as we're learning, it is actual theft. Uh, and it seems like many employers are getting away with it or going under having gotten away with it for many years. Look, there are mechanisms under which business owners can be held accountable. I mean, you can have a situation where directors in, in certain cases can potentially be held personally liable for unpaid uh, super guarantee as well. So there are mechanisms by which people that are operating in a, an inappropriate manner or trying to rip off their, their staff can be held very accountable. Let's go to James. Uh, good afternoon, James. What's your situation? 
Yeah, Sonia, my daughter-in-law's been working for this company for about three or four years. And what is happening, she's got on her pay slips, so I've made her have a look through all the pay slips, and she's got on there saying that she's been getting this super. And we've checked the super fund, and what's happening, she hasn't been paid a cent. Right, so it's on her pay super. slip that, 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 that yep. they're doing the right thing, but they're actually not forwarding the money to the, the That's correct, super over fund. all these years. And what I've noticed on her super fund, because she has a disability, so I'm trying to help her out, but what they've got on, the su- on her super fund is that there's been money gone in and then it's gone back out. And I don't understand. It says it's something from the tax office, I think it is, that have put it in there on someone's behalf and then taken it out. Um, I'll see if John... I, I'm not sure what this is. Yeah. John Jeffrey, are you in a position to answer that one? Um, well, the first thing uh, is it makes me suspicious, uh, I have to say, is that uh, if money is going in because it's a valid superannuation contribution, uh, why then should it be removed? Now, maybe there's some special circumstances here we don't understand, but but it's certainly something that needs to be investigated. Um, now, if uh, your daughter, uh, in law, I think you said, uh, doesn't want to raise the issue with uh, the employer, then I would just ask the super fund and also uh, the tax office uh, just to investigate it. All right, James. Uh, Andrew Gardner, anything you want to add to that? Oh, that's exactly what I would suggest. I think go to the superannuation fund themselves and try and identify, well, it sounds like the money's going in and why it's going out would be the first question. The second thing is, if that's the case, what's the destination of the money? That'd be interesting to identify yes. as well. Yes. Um, yeah, you might wonder if there's something being organised that the uh, the business is not getting sort of uh, raising any concern, you know, um, bells, uh, but it's getting the money back somehow. Anyway, uh, another call or text from Stacey says, I have a friend who wasn't paid his super about 20 years ago. He hasn't worked there in almost as long. Can he still get that back? What's the statute on, on accessing or, or applying and getting super? Andrew Gardner? I was hoping you'd ask John. That. Oh, all right, John. I'll go to John if uh, if you can answer that, John. No, uh, you can pursue them. That's, uh, just do the same thing. Now, you may know that there was a uh, amnesty which was uh, concluded in about October last year. So the gloves are off now, and uh, it is really bad news for an employer uh, who doesn't make superannuation contributions on time, particularly for a very long time ago. They could be up for a massive bill. Yeah, and so the, it's the mm. same process. Go to the tax office and tell them about it. Now, Andrew Gardner, you were telling us about single-touch payroll. Uh, oh, I think John was earlier. I've got a text asking, why don't employers have to pay each payday? Is that sort of happening now under the single-touch payroll in the sense of at least notifying uh, what's oh. going on? I would say an increasing number of employers, just to improve efficiency of their payroll systems, are remitting amounts to superannuation funds as part of pay cycles. But the quarterly obligation is a minimum obligation that's imposed upon employers. So employers have that available, but an increasing number, and I'm sure John would confirm that in his experiences as well, particularly larger organisations are deciding, let's just do it all at the one time and make life a little bit easier. 
Well, look, there are some of the measures that you can take if you find yourself in this position, but I think the, the, the really clear message coming out from both Andrew Gardner and John Jeffrey is if you are sort of ignoring your super at the moment, make sure you're keeping a track of it, make sure you're seeing what your employer is doing, and as soon as you see that something isn't quite right on that front, you need to, to be getting on to it. But I guess to wrap up, I'm just wondering, Andrew and John, do you think these new measures that the tax office is employing uh, in this financial year and that will continue on will reduce the numbers of cases we see of uh, businesses being getting away with not being able to pay this enforced super. John, can I ask you first? Yes, I do. I think that's that's correct. And uh, I mean, I've heard the Deputy Commissioner who's in charge of this area talk about uh, the advances they're making. So I think that's definitely the case. Um, however, it won't cover absolutely everybody. Um, but, yes, I think we'll find this is less and less of a problem. Andrew Gardner? I would go further as well. I think I completely agree. But also, we're now seeing that the tax office are now communicating with the the state revenue officers in each state and territory. So they've now got this cross-provision of information between government agencies, which allows them to far easier and far quicker identify employers who are just doing the not, not the right thing and, and they're being picked up much faster. And as John said, no system is 100% watertight, but certainly it's improved immensely in, in recent times. Andrew Gardner, thank you for your time. Spokesperson of the National Tax and Accountants Association. And John, before we let you go, just a quick question from Keith who says, is it true that employers don't have to pay super for staff on JobKeeper? Um, no. It's not. So uh, well, um, yeah, it, uh, that actually is a, is a bit of a complex question to answer, but not, not as, a, um, as a broad statement. No, that's right. Uh, you still need to be uh, keeping up with your superannuation contributions. All right. Um, thank you very much for your time, John Jeffrey, Tax Council for Tax and Super Australia. 